I hope we are so thankful to get to be here with you today and just to talk through a little bit about money and just your questions regarding money. And so first, I just want to start off by introducing who's in the room here. So my name is Timber Helwig, and I have been a Covenant member at Hope for the last two and a half years. And then we also have Ryan Anderson and David Lawless, and I'll just let them introduce themselves. Maybe, David, you could start us off. Hey guys, uh, David Lawless, and I've been at Hope now for about five and a half years. Me, Morgan, my wife, and uh, Lydia, our little two-year-old. Howdy y'all, this is Ryan, and Katie and I have been at Hope since they had purple pews at (laughs) the first church that we were at almost nine years ago. Really excited to be doing this with y'all. And so just to kind of reiterate what we put in our email, over the past couple of years, the finance team has been available for questions on money. And we've gotten some really good questions, general overarching questions, and also really specific questions that relate to one person's situation. But we've noticed a lot of the same questions coming up again and again, which is a good thing. But we thought it might be helpful if we took some of those questions and we made it available for all HOPE members to be able to listen to. So that's what we're doing today. Today is the first of our little podcast series. And instead of starting with one specific question, we really want to start with an overarching framework of where we're coming from as we're answering these questions. So what is our overall philosophy on money. What do we see in the Bible about money? And that really informs everything that we're going to talk about, all the answers to the questions that you all have. So we thought we'd start there just with the big picture today. And then in subsequent episodes, we'll narrow down into the specific questions that you all have submitted. And thank you so much for submitting those questions, by the way. Super, super helpful. Really today, it just comes down to six key points that we wanted to make that we see in the Bible about money. And these aren't new points. These aren't things that David and Timber and I created. There's a lot of good literature about biblical stewardship, what the Bible says about money. We just wanted to distill down to the six things that we would start with. And so we're just going to jump right into those. Number one, David, take it away. The first topic that frames up the entire discussion is that God owns it all. What this topic takes us back to is a big picture reframing of everything that we have, Uh, everything that we've been giving, everything that we even feel like we've earned sometimes. And if we can step back to this big picture view of God owning it all, it really does change the day-to-day decision-making that we make. And if we can reframe that God owns it all in this discussion, then our money is going to be able to follow that. Most of us would say that we believe this, that God owns it all, that we're blessed to have what we have. But ultimately, if we take a look at spending decisions or our anxiety or our worry around money, then that's going to line up to look a little bit different. God owns it all essentially transfers into what we would consider the next uh, really big piece of our framework, which is stewardship. It's just moving into that God owns it all. We're just his managers. God owning it all is actually a really hard concept. So it's the most important one, the most important thing we'll talk about today. But I think just even for me personally, this was really hard. It's hard as an American. It's hard as a Texan. For me, I really struggle with this because I felt like I worked really hard. And so everything that I made was mine. And 
God owned a little piece of it, maybe 10%, maybe 15% some years, but it was really hard to reframe my whole mindset on this is all God's and every decision that I make with this money is going to be a spiritual decision. So whether it's spending, whether it's giving, whether it's investing, all of that has ramifications and impacts in a variety of different areas of my life. And at the end of the day, I'm accountable to God for everything that I do. Like David said, we're his money managers. So he's given us everything that we have. And I think one of the big verses that changed my perspective on this and really made me believe it was Deuteronomy 8.18. But remember, the Lord your God, this is the important part, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. That really spoke to me because in my mind, it was always, well, I'm working really hard. I am doing this on my own, but really God is the one who even gave me the ability to work, the ability to work hard, the desire to work, to make money. So that was a big moment for me, reading that verse and understanding its implications. So we're all managing God's money. And I think one of the important pieces here is that 1 Timothy 6, 17 says, to instruct those who are rich in this present world, not to put their hope in money, but in God. And this is an important part for this part of the conversation, who richly provides all things for us to enjoy. I think one of my misconceptions earlier on too, was that being a good steward meant just being able to give all my money away. But really, it's a balance. God has given us money to do a lot of different things with, to provide for our family, to provide for his kingdom and the, the spread of his gospel, to save, to provide for our family later, to pay taxes. So that's not a fun one, but that's one that God talks about. To me, another big takeaway that I had, the more I thought about this was, I could be being a really bad steward by giving all my money away. If it was causing friction in my relationship with Katie, if I wasn't taking care of, care of her or the family or my boys, the way that God says I'm supposed to. Really all-encompassing, all the decisions we make with money come back to those two points, that God owns it all, we're his stewards, we're deciding how to use his money in the best way that he would have us use it. Money is going to be one of our biggest tests. It's a big revealer of our heart. So what we do with those funds that God gives us is going to show us a lot about ourselves and our relationship with him. It reveals our heart's and that's the next big topic that Timber is going to talk about. If you are familiar with the Gospels, you might have recognized that Jesus talks about money so much. He constantly is weaving the concept of what you're stewarding and what's been entrusted to you into his parables, into his teachings with his disciples. And as Ryan said, yes, money is going to be one of our biggest tests and ultimately a huge revealer of our hearts and where our priorities are and basically just how much we trust the Lord. And if you're like me, you hear that and you're like, great, can we have another test? Because this feels kind of overwhelming. It's very clear, even just in the few points we've talked about so far, that just money is a heavy, weighty topic. And that's not something to to make anyone afraid, but more just to say money is just very telling of our relationship with the Lord. And we see that through verses like Matthew 6, 24, 
where Jesus says, no one can serve two masters for he will either hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. And that is just really hard to wrestle with. I think we want to serve God. We want to serve in our church. We want to worship. We want to be in home group. We want to do all of those things, but then we want to be able to give the directive of where our money goes. And we, I think a lot of us really struggle to let the Lord into that. And I think, I mean, we're going to be talking about so many technical things here and just balance of, you know, how do I, how do I do everything I need to be doing financially? How do I care for my family? All of those things, but also like just as a church and as a people who love Jesus, how can we press into trusting the Lord so much that our money ultimately lines up with that really clearly though a lot of Jesus's teaching is geared towards this we've got the parable of the sower as well and you just learn how much Jesus loves when we sow amongst good soil and you see him talk about the consequences of sowing among thorns and sowing among rocks like he is just very serious about what we do with what we've been entrusted with I think the one that applies the most to us in America too, when we're talking about the parable of the sower is the seed that falls among the thorns. And so Jesus talks about that seed and he says that specifically the deceitfulness of riches and the worries of this world grew up and choked the seed. And so Mm -hmm. it wasn't able to create a good crop. And that was just such a, such a scary verse for me. Cause I think a lot of the times I think about riches and I think about, worldly things. And to me, that's my biggest risk and our biggest risk. And the the one thing that I don't want to happen, I don't want that take the place of of that potential good return of the gospel in my life. So that's one that's scary for me. And I think it's important for people to think about. Yeah, I definitely think that there's an element of some of these teachings where Jesus probably wanted people to have a healthy amount of fear. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes it takes moving into that place of fear um, and sitting there for a little bit, not too long, not too long to where you start walking in shame and guilt and just condemnation, but enough to where you start to realize, okay, this is serious. And if I believe that Jesus is truthful and everything else he teaches us about, then I need to believe he's just as truthful and serious about money. And so if he's saying things like what you were just talking about, Ryan, with sowing among thorns, then we should we should take a step back and really consider that. And also just in first Timothy chapter six, verses nine through 10, I love this so much. It says, but those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evils. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. And so (laughs) again, another, (laughs) another terrifying piece of scripture here. And I think our hope is that we could have an honest conversation about some of these verses. And just, again, some of the more technical pieces of all of our financial worlds to better understand how we can be faithful and how we can, how we can walk with the Lord and our money in a way that, that would please him. And in a way that he has commanded us. And I think ultimately kind of wrapping up this point, we want to be faithful with our worldly wealth, but if you've been walking with the Lord for any amount of time, you know, that 
that we are looking towards eternal wealth and true riches. And we want to be focused on that. Luke 16, 11 says, if then you have not been faithful in the unrighteous wealth, who will entrust to you the true riches? And I think Ryan touched on this a minute ago, but just wanting to walk, walk well in earthly wealth and, and then get, get to be entrusted with eternal riches and all of what that entails and knowing that we are living for an eternal inheritance that could just far wills far surpass anything that we will encounter here, here on earth. And so, yeah, this point yeah. is <laughs> a rough one, uh, but a good yeah. one. So, yeah, I remember uh, Randy Schrader, one of the first talks I ever heard him give, he touched on that verse, Luke 16, 11, where if you have not been faithful with worldly wealth, who will give you true riches? And again, that was one of those aha moments for me, one of those scary moments of, well, theoretically, that verse is saying, if you're not faithful with what the money that you have on earth, God's not going to trust you with true riches either. Mm. And so the more that we can help people be faithful with the money that they do have here on earth, really the more that we'll be able to empower those people to live into true riches and be rewarded with true riches. Again, that's one of those weighty verses. It's so true. So good, Ryan. So we've talked about how money is going to be a big test for us, but David's also going to tell us a little bit about how money is a tool that God can use to help us accomplish that true riches purpose, if you will, that we've kind of been hitting on. So David, if you, if you want to dive into that a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. So that, that, that last verse is a really good lead in because like Ryan said, there's a, there's a weight to that verse. Absolutely. That could, that it could in some ways cripple you if you're not careful, just, well, then I better, you know, be extremely careful as wise as possible, use perfect money management or financial planning or investment techniques or whatever it is, because I'm so worried about how the Lord is going to judge me with these worldly riches. And in reality, while there is some weight to being wise, absolutely with your money is money. There's a, there's a weight and a, uh, a caution to all of these things. And then there's an equal freedom and joy that comes on the other side of that. So in the same way that it's not about just, it's not only about not being unwise, there's a whole nother exciting side of this. And a, and a big picture of that is generosity. It's about being able to have money be a tool that helps us show others what it looks like to live like and to love like Jesus. And, you know, and as we all know, in the, in the New Testament, Jesus hits on a number of times, just different commandments about what it looks like to love one another, just as he's loved us. And that when we do that by everyone will, by that, everyone will know that we are his disciples. And so it's about uh, being able to take that next step of generosity and that next step of being wise with our money. That's going to be an example um, to Jesus's love to other people, just like it is to us. And so there's times in good circumstances where the Lord uses money as a tool to challenge us in giving. And when things are going well about pressing into what, you know, sacrificial giving could look like and deepening our trust in the Lord from that perspective, giving more than we think financially makes sense or financially should be viable and then on the other side, there's, you know, the harder circumstances when money isn't coming in and when money is uh, scarce and we're not sure how it's going to work out about the Lord using that to point us back to him. Just knowing that there's a much deeper joy and a deeper trust 
that comes with putting our faith in him, whether that be in the good or the bad times. And a big piece of that Timothy verse, it talks about putting our hope in God. And so money is a, is a vehicle for us revealing what we really are able to put our hope in. And if we can actually believe that, us understanding that using money as a gauge and as a tool be able to see how we are spending our money is going to tell us a lot about what we put our trust in. And I have a, I have an example of money being a tool that God uses to disciple us and change us. So last week I just made like a really dumb money decision and I was feeling really kind of stupid about it <laughs> and uh, kind of like a little depressed. And I had breakfast with uh, Jake Walker and he was, he framed it really well of, okay, well, let's just, let's just consider the hypothetical of what if God wanted this to happen? What would he be trying to teach you from it? And it was a really beautiful moment where it kind of reframed things, made me think about it differently. And it made me look for what God was trying to do through money in my life. I think that is something that God does a lot. He uses money as the tool the scalpel he uses to keep on brushing away the different pieces of us that he wants to take off to reveal the fully formed son and daughter of Christ that we all have inside of us. I think God's desire for us with money, at the end of the day, it comes, it's pretty simple. He wants us to be content with what he has given us, and he wants us to trust him with money. Jesus talks about that in the Sermon on the Mount when he's talking about don't think, don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about what you'll wear, what you'll eat. God takes care of sparrows. Of course, he's going to take care of you. And that's sometimes hard to remember. It's hard to grasp even, but really all of our needs are taken care of. God is going to take care of our needs and we don't need to worry about them. And the other thing is to be content. And this one is really clear in Hebrews 13, 5. Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. And he's not just saying, hey, just don't worry about money. Just be content with what you have just because. He's saying, be content with what you have because I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. So he's saying, I'm enough. I will provide. You don't need to worry. You can be content. This is the amount that I want you to have. And so that's just really peaceful for me. And it's really, I'm really thankful for that verse. I'm really thankful that Jesus is with us wherever we go, wherever we are, and that we don't have to worry about money and we can be content. We don't have to be always thinking about the next thing and the next thing, the next promotion, the next, the next bonus. Be content and trust him, which is a lot harder than it sounds just in that simple sentence. And then the last thing, last point we had was it's all about balance. So going back to that first Timothy six, 17 through 19, where he says, I've given you all these things to enjoy, but I'm also instructing you to be rich in good works, to use your money, to help others. And that's the way you're going to store up a firm foundation for the world, which is to come. And so it's not just about your budget. I know we have a lot of YNAB listeners out there. It's not just about keeping that budget. It's not just about giving the exact right percentage. It's not about saving the right amount, paying off your debt. All those things are really important. But at the end of the day, it's about balancing all the different needs that you and your family have with the desires and the pieces that God has put on your heart on how to use that money. It leads us to the last point of listening to the Lord. So it's easy for me to just 
tune out God when I am thinking about money and what I want to use that money for. But really, we need to take all of our decisions to him and think deeply and have time to listen to hear what God might be saying. So just to recap those six points, number one, God owns it all. Number two, we're his money managers. Number three, money is going to be one of our biggest tests and a revealer of our hearts. Number four, money is a tool that God uses to disciple us and make us more like Jesus. Number five, God's desire for us is to be content and to trust him with our money. And number six is balance and listen to the Lord. So those are the six pieces we wanted to share with y'all today. And we will be going much deeper on specifics on the questions that you've given us. But we wanted to give you that overall framework of where we're coming from today. Stay tuned. We will be coming out with those specific questions soon. Thank you all so much. And we're looking forward to this and keep those questions coming. We have the Google form that you can fill out. It's anonymous. So don't feel worried about any of the questions that you want to ask. We love you all. And we'll be praying for you. We're praying for hope right now. And we will talk to you all soon.